You're listening to a message from Hope Central in Adelaide, South Australia. If you'd like to know more about Hope Central or any of our ministries, please visit hopecentral.org.au. Last month we talked about how Jesus takes the weight of many things off of our life, doesn't he, in, in pain. Thank you, darling. And those sorts of things, he, he takes the weight from us. This, this month we get to talk about the Holy Spirit coming and how the Holy Spirit gives us power to live, which is really important. So I get to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. Um, do you find we need the fruit of the Spirit, we need the Holy Spirit in our lives to bring the miraculous, to change things in our lives, don't we? That's what the Spirit of God does, he brings the miraculous. But I don't know about you, but do you ever find it hard to see the miraculous happen? Or do you think maybe that I don't deserve the miraculous to happen in my life? I've done way too much wrong. I've made so many mistakes that God could never do something miraculous in my life. Do you ever think like that? I know myself I do. Or I did. I believe that I'd done so much wrong in my life that God was never going to do it. I was happy for God to change the world in other people. And I believe that he would. But I never had that in me. I always felt like I never quite measured up to what God wanted. I always felt like I'd done many things wrong. Until I realised that self-doubt and self-sabotage was not who I was. That, that thought of that I was no good actually wasn't who I am. It was what other people said I was. It's what the seed that had been planted in my life said I was. That wasn't who I was. I was such a different person then. It wasn't until I learned that that I realised that I was something better or something different. And that seed that was put in by people was sometimes put in by accident and other times it was put in there deliberately, as I told you once, that my teacher on my first day told me I'd amount to nothing. So how do you think that, that affects you in life when that's what's spoken over your life as a young person? So sometimes the seed that's put into you changes you greatly. And, and, and do you ever wonder why people turn out the way they do? You know, I had a friend in Gawler. It's not a pleasant story, but it's a point I need to make. When I was in primary school, just a young lad... Growing up in Gawler, I had a friend who lived down the road from me and I used to go and visit him. And I remember one day going to visit him and his entire family was sitting on the couch watching TV, him, his younger brother and his mum and dad. And what they were watching on TV, you wouldn't show an adult. Adults shouldn't be watching it. There they are as a family watching this together on TV. Some of the most violent, disgusting things I've ever seen on a TV screen. And they invite me in and I sit down and I'm standing there, or sitting there, because I sat down... I'm sitting there watching this filth on the TV and I was so scared and put off by it because I'd never seen anything like it. I ran home. And I went to my dad and I told my dad, I said, Dad, you should see what they're watching. And he said, you can never go back to that house again. You need to stay away from that person. Of course, I never went back to his house, but we still remain friends. You know, and when he, for his 10th birthday, this is how old he was, he never got a chat about the birds and the bees. His parents got him a book on it. And he brought that book to school and showed all us kids at school this book on the birds and the bees. You can imagine what the book was. And so he saw those images again, 
thinking, what are we looking at? It's horrific. And then the guy went off, he went to high school, he went to a private school, he's from a well-to-do family, had plenty of money, you know, went off to public school. But we remained acquaintances because we lived in Gaul and we saw each other from time to time. Then when we left school, we got into the metal scene and he was doing his thing, but he did it a little bit harder than everybody else, you know. He used to sleep in a coffin. He painted his room black and he put pentagrams on the wall of his house in his bedroom. And his mum and dad didn't bat an eyelid to it. It was just the way it was. And then when he was about 21, he took his own life with a drug overdose and he died. And it was absolutely tragic. It's obvious to see why that lad's life went the way it did because of the seed that was put into him, the things that he was told. In nearly every case, what comes out of us when we're under pressure has been put in in the past. For him, it was obvious. For others, it's subtle, isn't it? Every day, day by day, things are put into our lives, seeds planted in our lives, and we don't even realise it. Day by day, week by week, these seeds bear bad fruit and they cause damage. The things that are planted into you, into your life, are the things that make you the person you are. And not all seed is bad and not all seed is malicious. But it will come out of you when you're pushed and you're poked. And I know that some of the things that come out of my life when I'm pushed and poked, I think, well, goodness me, where did that come from? It was already in me. I have no doubt that I smoked as a young lad because when I grew up, my mum and dad smoked, my aunts and uncles smoked, my friends smoked, my brothers smoked. So smoking became normal. The seed that was shown to me was normal to smoke. Now, back in my generation, everybody smoked. But that was the seed. And it's the same with alcohol. Anytime my mum and dad had friends over, they'd have a beer and a wine, and then their brothers and that. And it's the same when I got old enough to drink, I would do the same. But they also planted some amazingly great seeds in my life, my parents. My dad showed me how to love Anna by the way he was married to my mum, the way he showed absolute unconditional to my mum, showed me how I should love Anna. He also showed me how you should treat family. So me and my brothers, to this very day, still get together regularly, still laugh and muck around and act like idiots and love each other and know that if anything went wrong, we'd always have each other's back. So they put some good seed in as well. Good seed <coughs> will always produce good fruit, but bad seed will produce bad fruit. In Matthew seven sixteen to 20... It says, you will recognise them by their fruit. Are grapes gathered from the thorn bushes or figs from the thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognise them by their fruit. Here's another amazing mind-blowing fact for you this morning. What's not in you will never come out of you. So if, if people aren't putting into you, you're awesome, you're amazing, you're beautiful, you're pretty, you're loved, you're wanted. If that's not being put into you, that will never come out of you because it's not there. So the things that are in you come out, but the things that have never been told to you will never come out. So what we plant in the soil of others germinates and grows into who they become as well. 
we can struggle and strive in our own strength to fix our problems. And when we spend so much time trying to grow and become the things we want to be, working harder and managing our problems in our way, but let's face it, we actually don't know what our problems are most of the times. They're buried so deep inside of us in those little seeds that are put in there. We don't know how to fix them. We can do whatever we want to try and fix them, but we don't know how to do it. I'm going to tell you another story now, and I've spoken to Anna, and it's okay. I'm allowed to tell you this story. But my beloved wife, Anna, after we were married, we lived in Williamstown, and we had to give up our house um, because of a bad business decision by myself, so we sold our house, and we moved to Hillbank. And every day I'd come home from work, I worked night shift, every day I'd come home from work, I felt like Anna disliked me. In fact, I thought she hated me. I thought, this marriage is over. She doesn't like me anymore. I'd come home. I'd open the door and sort of sense what's going on inside the house before I'd actually walk in. And every day this went... And this went on for two years that I just thought Anna disliked me. She was grumpy about things. And I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what I'd done. I was working night shift. I was going to Bible college. And yet I'd come home and Anna was a bit, a bit flat with me every time I saw her. I did ask her if I can say this. Anyway... So we didn't know, and it was getting to a critical point in our marriage where I thought, I don't know if I can be married anymore. This is no fun at all. And uh, so Anna fortunately went and got some counselling. And it was there that she found out that a seed that was planted in her from so long ago that had nothing to do with me was destroying her life. It was destroying her self-esteem and the way she felt about herself had nothing to do with me at all. But she didn't know. We tried to fix the problem. We tried to have date nights. We tried to do all the right things that you do as a married couple. Nothing would fix it because that seed that was in there was so deep and we didn't know what we were dealing with. Fortunately, she was able to get to a counsellor and they were able to find that seed and pull the seed out. That's not to say she doesn't sometimes walk around with a black cloud over her head. (laughs) But we can work it out, can't we, darling? So that's fantastic. So the question is this. Do we change the seed... Or do we change the fruit? You know, I don't think we can change the fruit. I don't think there's any way we can change the fruit of what's growing. You can't go up to your apple tree in your backyard, rip all the fruit off, throw it in the garden, and then wait and sit there earnestly hoping that next year is going to produce plums. It's never going to happen, is it? Because an apple tree is an apple tree, and a plum tree is a plum tree. So it stands to reason that we need to change the seed. With uh, fruit change comes root change. Yeah, come on, get around it. You, Anna said, when you say that, I'm going to cheer. You didn't cheer. So let's try it again. You ready? With fruit change comes root change. That is so bad. I really wish I hadn't have done that now. But the thing is, you can't have it magically happen for you, can you? You can't have your fruit magically changed for you. You need to actively pull out the bad seed or uproot that tree and put in new seed. The weight of the past weighs heavily on all of us. How can we, how can we possibly live the life ordered with that kind of pressure on us? We need reviving. The church needs reviving. And you only need to look out those doors to see that the world needs reviving. On Tuesday night, launch point. If you weren't here on Tuesday night for launch point, 
you missed out on the Holy Spirit being here tangibly. You could touch it. People were making connections with the Holy Spirit. They came here because they expected the Holy Spirit to show up. And guess what? He did. It was an amazing night. Nothing out of the ordinary happened on stage, but the Holy Spirit turned up because there were 50 or 60 passionate people chasing after the Holy Spirit's presence, and it was fantastic. There are pockets of people right now in this church who want more, who want more for what the Holy Spirit has got for them in their lives. And we need more and more people to be like that. There are little fires sparking all over the place, people who want to run groups, people who want to pray for people, people who want to be involved. The Holy Spirit wants to start moving in this place, and it takes each and every one of us to be committed to that. So Launch Point is a great place to start. Joe and Jody cannot bring revival to this church by themselves. Matt can't bring revival to this church. It's not just their job. It's each and every person sitting here today wanting more from the Holy Spirit, wanting the Holy Spirit to take control of our lives and flow out of everything we do. Revival will not come from us striving and trying to be better. That is not the answer. It is impossible for, us, for God to move by what we do. God will move because of what the Spirit of God has already done. And that's important. When we throw off what the world says and accept what the Holy Spirit has already done is when God's going to move. In John 7, 37 and 38, it says, On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the Scripture said, out of his heart will throw living water. Paul here is talking to the church. Paul's not talking to unbelievers. He's not talking to people on the street. He is talking to the church. This is about us wanting more from God. Cry out to Jesus. Get those rivers of living water flowing through us. Again, he goes on in in chapter 13 and says that again. He says, For you are called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. And Paul goes on then to tell them in, in uh, more. He said, like, if you keep the Ten Commandments, that's fine. Or you can do all the things that you like that are good, and that's fine. But it will, you'll never have freedom unless you understand that Jesus on the cross has already done it for you. It all comes down to Jesus. You will never be revived until you throw off the voice of the past and know that Jesus is all we need. We are constantly fighting the old man for that seed that has been put in us at a very, very early age. There's always two voices in our head, isn't there? There's always the good, and there's always the bad. We know that we're fighting against spirit and flesh, and we know what's wrong, and we know what's right. And we always seem to find it easier to do what's wrong. Galatians goes on to say in, in 16, 18, it says, by, I say, walk by the spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. And that is unbelievably good news. But then he goes on to tell us what happens when we do. He says, But when you follow your own wrong inclinations, your lives will produce the evil results, impure thoughts, eagerness for lustness, lustful. Uh, pleasures, idolatry, spiritism, hatred and fighting. And the cheapest we see hatred and fighting all the time, don't we? Jealousy and anger. Constant effort to get the best for yourself. Everybody's trying to look after number one. They don't care about the next person anymore. We're always fighting to get what we want. Complaints and criticisms. 
the feeling that everyone else is wrong in those, except those in your own little group, and there will be wrong doctrine. <clears throat> and I think over COVID we've seen a lot of that. Little groups forming up with their own ideas and coming up with false doctrines about we're in the end times or whatever, which we're not going to get into. But it's happening right now. And then it goes on even more and says there'll be envy, murder, drunkenness, wild parties and all that sort of thing. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living this sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. That is pretty heavy stuff. And that kind of pressure to get it right is near impossible. We just can't do it in our own strength. But here's the great news today. We don't have to. Because Galatians goes on to say this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Such things, there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have been crucified, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit... Let us also keep step in the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. When we give our lives to Christ, we have the freedom to choose between the flesh and the spirit. The choices we make determine our lifestyles and it determines our destiny. And it also determines the destiny of the people around us, which is really important. I found it interesting that Paul calls them the fruit, not the fruits causing the fruit you see because you can't choose just one of them you can't choose you can't choose to be patient but not to be faithful you can't choose love without having peace in your life you can't have because you see these aren't our fruit none of these were planted by anybody in our life or ours this isn't our fruit this is God's fruit this is God's character and this is planted in us because we accepted Christ as Saviour. This fruit here that's talking about is the character of God and that is already in our bodies. That is already in us because we've accepted Christ as Saviour. There's nothing we can do about that except cultivate it. We need to activate this in our lives. We need to get this growing in us so it bubbles out, so it ripens into something amazing. Something amazing that God's got for each and every one of us. Think about it. We spend so much time worrying about the things of our past. It just holds us back from the future that God's got for us. We can sit there and mope and moan about all the things that have gone wrong. I can sit there and say, I can't get ahead because my teacher said I was going to be a dud. I could have done that all my life I wanted to. But it stops me from my future. It stops me living the life that God wants for me. If we want more from life, if we want to be set free from the things that weigh us down, then we need to hold on to the promise and start thinking about these things. When the enemy comes to accuse you of the things you've done wrong in your past, you can stand there confidently and remind them that you no longer live by the flesh. You live by the spirit. And you can put that in his face. You can use scripture to come against him. The world will try to put it on you. They'll try to tell you that you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not rich enough. The the world will throw all these things at you and tell you what you're not. Here's the great news. What the world tries to put on you is destroyed by what God's put in you. What the world throws at you, God's already defeated. Everything that they throw at you, God's already put it in you and it destroys all of that. And God didn't put this fruit in us to remain dormant. They're designed to be cultivated and grown. Our revival starts here in our heart. Your revival starts in your heart. 
and then it bubbles out and it grows. We cultivate those gifts of peace, joy, love, hope. All those things we cultivate because it comes out of us is what God's put on us. If we want to be released from the yoke of slavery and live as free men and women, then perhaps we need to stop striving to do the right thing and start thanking God for the great things he's placed in us that have set us free. That scripture again, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow living water. The things that he's placed in us is to show the world his character. Imagine a world where people are kind to one another again. How nice would that be? Where there's morality, where it's not lost and we respect other people. Where the first thing that happens is love and not justice. Imagine a world that has shown God's peace and love instead of what they see today. If we want to see God move in our community, then it's time we started displaying God's character instead of our own selfish ambitions. Let those living waters flow out of you. The water that's there, let it flow out, let it bubble up, let it rise up, let it flow out so other people see the character of God because they won't otherwise. There's so many other things in this world that takes people's attention. It's up to us to release that and show God's character to the world. It's all, about, it's all about filling up on what God's got. We need to shift our focus from the flesh and we need to focus on the spirit of God. And when we do that, this world is going to be changed. It's going to be an amazing thing. Like I say, there are people right now who want more. I want to know who else wants more. Who else is sick and tired of this? I mean, it's great coming to church and it's great knowing Jesus and it's great knowing your Savior, all these friends and neighbours and workmates. What do they know? Do they know Jesus? Are you displaying the fruits of the Spirit to those people? Is the character of God flowing out of you? Or is it the seeds of your past that are holding you back? Is that what people see? Is that what people see? The lack of confidence, the anger that rises up when someone cuts you off in a car. Is that what people see? I know I'm far from perfect. Most of you will know I'm far from perfect. But I'm striving to be closer to God by taking on his character and cultivating it in my life. I want more from God. I want more from God so other people will see it. You know, my brothers know that I'm a Christian because they've seen the change in my life. They've seen the difference that God's made to me. I don't have to shout it from the rooftops anymore because it's coming out of who I am. And that's what needs to happen for all of us. We need revival in this world. We need revival to start in this church. But most of all, you need revival to start in your heart. And you can only do that when you chase after the character of God and get the fruit of the Spirit, know the fruit of the Spirit, and understand that it's already there. It's already yours. You don't have to work for it. You have to cultivate it and know that God's going to produce great fruit that other people are going to see. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much that you're a loving God, that you're a kind God, and you want the absolute best for us, Father. Lord, I thank you for the Holy Spirit, the one who brings comfort, the one who changes our lives. Lord, I pray that you build a fire in all of us, Lord. Holy Spirit, fan that fire into a flame. Bring a revival, I pray, Father God. Lord, help us to know you better, to be closer with you, so the things of the world won't be so loud anymore, Father. Lord, I pray that we forget struggling and striving and just know who we are in you, Lord. Holy Spirit, I pray that you change us all this day and that you bring revival to our communities and to ourselves, Father. And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. 
You've been listening to a message from Hope Central in Adelaide, South Australia. If you want more information about who we are, visit us at hopecentral.org.au or join us for Sunday worship at any of our three campuses.